1: Right, back here on Fitzy and Hart, Mark Dondero in for Fitzy with Andy Hart. We are now happy to be joined by Mike Giardi of the NFL Network on the Harbor One Hotline. Mike, Mark Dondero, and Andy Hart, good to talk to you again, man. How are you?
2: Mark, how are you? I'm doing and great.
1: Doing I don't great. care for that tone, Mr. <laughs> Giardi. Geez, just because you were at the combine, you don't have to be cranky. <laughs> so, Mike, we were going to just get into, I don't want to call it a report, but this uh, Rumbling surfacing from, I guess, Dan Graziano of ESPN saying that the Patriots possibly and the Raiders could be interested discussing, talking about some sort of trade involving Mac Jones to Vegas. Do you think that could be a realistic possibility in any way, shape, or form?
2: Uh, I tend to think no. I think that Josh McDaniels enjoyed his time with Mac Jones. I think he also... um, has a chance to hit the reset button there. they kind of went in this year, thinking maybe they could make some noise, and then it obviously derek carr didn't it didn't work um I think sort of the signals that I've been getting is it seems more like they're willing to uh take a step back if you will and try to find the guy that's going to be the long term fit there as opposed to and and do that via the draft where you get the extra you know year. For, uh, for the contract, the rookie contract, instead of having to you know trade for Mac, get one year Mac, and then have to decide, are we picking up that 50 year option? Does
0: your view of Mac Jones change at all based on what you saw this weekend? And and the reason I ask that is we know he physically faces challenges keeping up with a Herbert, a Mahomes, and Allen. And then you see the combine, and there's this next crop of Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, even the UCLA kid threw the fastest ball at the con- Like all these guys with measurables. Is he just swimming upstream in a in a new world of quarterbacks?
2: I mean, I think there's a little bit of that, but I feel like we've been in this place for a long time, Andy, where we, we every year we go bananas over guys at the combine. I mean Malik Willis last year, right? And remember the buzz? He was going to be a top ten pick, maybe the first pick. And then people looked at the tape more and they're like, hmm, he's he's all right. Maybe maybe there's something there, but it's not that thing. I mean Anthony Richardson clearly going to get drafted in the top ten. I'd be stunned if he doesn't, right?
1: Mm-hmm. He completed
2: 53% of his passes last year. <laughs> so if someone drafts him in the top ten, there's going to be a push to play him right away. Um, and I don't know that he's ready. You know, the, the, it, it just – I think we're getting into this place now where everybody thinks that these dual threat. Um, court, I mean, I'll give you another one. Justin Fields last year, right? There was about a three-game stretch where Justin Fields was doing ridiculous things running the football. And it was like, oh, he's arrived. I mean, oh, man, the Jets should have picked him. It shouldn't have been Zach Wilson. The 49ers should have picked him. It shouldn't have been uh, Trey Lance. And he had, like, seven games last year where he threw for less than 150 yards and, like, 10 games where he was under 200. Like, you still have to be able to throw the ball in this league. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not saying that th- those guys can improve because we've seen some guys make big leaps. But I just – I like to I like a guy that can – that has proven that he can throw the football, and I don't know that all these guys have proven that.
1: I'd agree with that. We're talking to Mike Giardi of the NFL Network on the Harbor One Hotline. Mike, i got to ask you this. Do we, I don't know, do we know what Bill Belichick and his staff, or I guess specifically Bill Belichick, really, truly thinks about Mac Jones? And I'm asking that because I feel like that would determine sort of uh, how they go forward and their blueprint for going forward. Do we really know how the head coach feels about Mac Jones and his true potential?
2: we know that the uh, feelings about Mac Jones changed pretty dramatically from uh, the spring of last year to whatever it was, January, February of this year. Right. Uh, you know, he, he's an NFL quarterback, whatever the <laughs> quote was, he's proven he can play in the NFL versus just go back to the, I mean, the absolute gushing. I don't know that I've heard him gush about a young player on his own team like that. He, 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 t- he generally uh, generally will sort of, uh, fill up other guys on other teams but not his own guys uh he was effusive in his praise of mac every chance he got like over the top we're like whoa what is wait what is happening you know and then obviously this year wasn't successful mac was not happy uh he he was not shy necessarily about expressing his displeasure about that and uh, I think Bill holds a grudge, <laughs> is what I think. Oh, he does. So I know.
1: It's, it's more about it's more about
2: how he acted than his play on the field, a little bit of both, I guess? I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, obviously it wasn't a good year. No. So, you know, if he was grumpy and, and challenging them at various points about what they were doing and was going out and throwing for 275, two touchdowns and no picks and completing 60% of his passes, they were they were a playoff team okay you know maybe i should get past some of that stuff. but they were eight and nine um you could argue bailey's happy had if not the best game any quarterback for the patriots played one of the better ones uh so you know i mean there's there's definitely uh a bridge that they have to cross those two guys and and i think if you're a patriots fan i think you kind of hope that they can get because it it did look promising after year one you know and then we know what happened in year two with the the, the poor design and I don't you know, whatever else was going on there, poor play calling, poor everything.
0: So Mike, I'm working with the um assumption that Mac Jones is the quarterback. He's not gonna be traded. I didn't really think I needed the athletic to report that quote unquote he's likely to be the quarterback. I, I thought Mac Jones really? was the quarterback. Huh. Um so the next step in the process to fixing or finding out how good he is after getting Billy O'Brien in place is some of the issues around him, the offensive line, right, the the wide receiver position, a go-to target. Coming out of the combine, whatever you ascertained, both in the pro level from people being there or just the the talent that's going to be available, how do you think the Patriots are going to approach the process of what I believe are their three biggest needs? Cornerback, wide receiver, and tackle in some form or fashion.
2: Yeah, I think that, that they're in a position that's interesting at 14 where if there's this run on quarterbacks and they don't want to get involved in that run on quarterbacks to your point, then there's a good chance that maybe the best or second best tackle is there, maybe the the, the second best corner is there, and maybe the best wide receiver is there. Because again, at least coming into this process, we were told this this wide receiver class doesn't measure up to the last two, that there's some talent there, but it's not on the same level as the Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, or even the Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave stuff from last year. Then we see um, JSN, I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name yet, the kid from Ohio State, go absolutely nuts yesterday, didn't run the 40, but, you know, did everything else. Three cone is outrageous. The 20-yard split was outrageous. Catches everything that's thrown to him. And you flash back to the tape two years ago when he was one of the most dominant players in college football, and I say to myself, well, you know, I, I, he it, it doesn't appear like he's going to be a guy who's going to run 4-3-5 or even 4-4, four, four, and maybe that's part of why he didn't run at the combine, give himself a little bit more time to work out at the pro day. But he was an incredibly productive player for them two years ago before the hamstring kept him sidelined for much of last year. And I think he put on a, a clinic that maybe makes you think, hmm, maybe he's – Maybe he's closer to the top ten than anyone really wanted us to believe, um, and that's where you start to get in those conversations. Are you willing to sacrifice a future pick or a pick later in the draft to move up a couple spots to the guy that you really want? And I think it's an again, it's an important draft for them because they had that stretch where it was not so good. And then, you know, we we went and made great declarations about the draft two years ago, but that was in part because you thought Max Jones was the quarterback of the future long-term, and now we have questions about whether he is that guy. So I think they need a handful of players, and I think it really depends on how aggressive do they want to be and how does that board fall. But again, the four quarterbacks likely going in the top 10 is beneficial for them if, again, they don't want One of those
0: guys. Speaking of the board falling, though, free agency starts in a little over a week. We're going to have the negotiation period next week, and then, boom, you need to spend your money, and obviously we know how quickly that can go in the first few hours. What decisions do you think they'll make there in terms of how they decide to play this? Because, obviously, if you sign an 80 million dollar tackle you're not taking a tackle at 14 but if you trade for DeAndre Hopkins which that rumor continues to sort of percolate maybe you're not taking a receiver early how how do you expect them to approach free agency and how that ties into the draft later Yeah
2: I mean I I, I don't expect them to be massive spenders but Ooh I know I know well, well for instance the tackle thing like I know there's this push like McGlinchy McGlinchy for 3 years the people in San Francisco wanted him run out of town, and then this year he has a good year. Oh, by the way, it just so happens to be in a in a contract year. Hmm. Did all of a sudden he find his level of play uh, at this point, or did he get himself serious because he knew that there's a big contract looming? Those guys t- tend to worry me, um, and I don't. I don't want to say They're not going to be involved because look. I didn't think they were going to go bananas like they did. I thought they were going to spend some money a few years ago. I think they were going to spend whatever it was, $280 million guaranteed. So you, you never know with Bill and how he falls in love with players um, and, and what, he, what he's willing to do for those guys. But I feel like it's more about um, – That they're going to try to find some value there and maybe not be as involved as people would like them to be on day one.
1: I'd like to get your take on a bigger picture sort of premise here, Mike. And I'm just thinking about kind of how the year played out this year with, you know, the Super Bowl participant, obviously, in the NFC was the Eagles, you know, right behind them, the 49ers, sort of loaded teams, you know, very stacked rosters, not elite quarterbacks necessarily, given your opinion or whatever your opinion is on Jalen Hurts. We can talk about that later. But. In the AFC, you had Burrow, you had, obviously, Mahomes, who won the Super Bowl with a team that wasn't, I guess, stacked. Very good, obviously, but you had the magic of Mahomes and all of that. So with with that being said, when I look at the Patriots, I think if you don't have an elite quarterback, which I guess none of us think Mac Jones is elite right now, um, why would you not either, A, try to load up, assuming we're going for a Super Bowl championship, or B, blow it up? I'm just thinking if they wanna win a Super Bowl, would blowing up the whole roster be on the table sooner rather than later, or should it be if you are out on Mac Jones and don't think he can be special?
2: They have no desire to blow it up like ever. So uh, then what not as long as not as long as this coach and this ownership is here and um we know the ownership isn't going anywhere and mm. the coach is seventy seventy one, so there you know, there is a there is a there is an end at some point for for Bill in terms of coaching, but I don't think that's coming anytime soon either. So they're not they don't operate that way. I mean, if they think about it this way, the best year to, to have done that was the year that Tom walked away. Yep, and and ego got involved. You know, you know he's going to go. We don't want to show that we can't do it without him. Um, they should have played Jared Stidham and whatever else, and just tried to see. But nope, they had to go do the Cam Newton thing, and um, it served them no purpose whatsoever.
1: So does that put the Patriots at risk for just being mired in mediocrity for the next few years and never really actually contending for
2: anything? Absolutely. Absolutely. But that's – I'm just telling you, they don't have – they have zero appetite and they have 20-plus years, granted, with most of that with Tom Brady, where they feel like their operation – Allows them to be competitive and gives them a chance every single year. And that's what they want to be. They want to be in the mix every single year. And we can argue about what level the, the mix is. Um, but that's what they, that's how they view it. They, and you know what they didn't, I'll tell you this, they didn't like at the end of the year, those last couple home games, fair amount of no shows. Mm-hmm. They don't like that. So Speak- they're not, they're, they're not going to burn it down. Because if they burn it down, they're going to have a lot more no-shows. That's just not – I just – I don't – it would take a a dramatic turn for them to believe that that's the way – they should approach their business.
0: Especially when they're already sending season ticket holders letters promising they're going to be all in and we're raising your ticket prices and all those things that go into this business. Speaking of the business, what was your reaction to the NFLPA survey of 1,300 players rating all kinds of things for every team and the Patriots coming in, I guess, in the basically the bottom 25% of the league um, in those grades, uh, uh, training rooms, strength and conditioning, facilities, all those things. What was your reaction to that, and what do you think the players – Do the players know that? Did we live in this dream that the Patriots were something they weren't for two decades?
2: I would say that the, having been to so many other facilities now over the last four or five years, that their facility aged out pretty quickly. I mean, it's, it's relatively new 20 years, right? Um, and to their credit, they've done some things here and they're doing more. The weight room will be as part of this whole reconstruction that they're doing. Um, so they've attempted to do it uh, to a certain degree. But, yeah, I mean, as we go on here, the so much of this is about catering to the players, and the players aren't shy about making their voices heard about it. And I think it's a little bit different than it's been. You know, it used to be you'd serve them up whatever you wanted to serve them up. You give them, hey, Bill Belichick back in the day doing uh, press conferences in the weight room. You know, standing on a bench for God's sakes. Like, I mean, you remember those days. Like, who cares? You know, like that's that this is just the way it is. And now it's completely different. And I think it it does kind of put the onus on ownership to step up their game a little bit and, and try to create a better, um, a better facility for their players a better better just environment for their players does this
0: tie into bill uh raving about the raiders taj mahal in the summer when he was out there or even bill bringing up you know we're near the bottom of the league and cash spending is this bill prodding ownership to maybe uh invest more over invest in everything that goes into rebuilding these patriots cuz they i don't know if you saw patriots.com is doing a whole video series of building the Patriots. Maybe Bill's like, hey, we need to build everywhere, not just my roster.
2: Yeah, I, I think you know and have been around Bill long enough to understand how his brain works to a certain degree, yeah. <laughs> to a certain degree. And I would say, absolutely, there is a little bit of a needle there to poke and prod um, Robert, Jonathan, et cetera, to, you know, do what, do what I ask up do, do more, do more for our players, do more for me, do more for the organization,
1: Mike. Before Which, we let you way, go, that,
2: I mean, is is somewhat unfair? I mean, they, not somewhat, it's pretty unfair, I think, in that regards that you know they had built this franchise that was an absolute laughing stock, and uh, through their stewardship, and then obviously the Bill-Tom connection became one of the premier franchises in the National Football League.
1: Yeah, but you
0: know the retort to that will be the word two words you just used, Tom and Brady, that he covered up the fact that you didn't invest enough in the weight room, you didn't have the best facilities, whatever hey, you there's think. There's
2: a movie theater right there.
0: Yeah, there is a movie theater. Mike Vrabel will tell you about the movie theater in Patriot Place and how that ties into
1: <laughs> that.
2: <laughs> no, I just... And, and, then, and then he ended up in the city, huh?
0: Yeah. yeah, it's funny how that works. Don't bring up business when we're talking sports here.
1: Just real quick, just one more football, I guess, coaching type of question, Mike. With um, I'm just wondering how much change Bill O'Brien could bring to this team and the offense, obviously, that needs the improvement. But I'm thinking about he's a coordinator. Now, we've seen coordinators have a big impact, whether you want to talk about Brian Dayball or even going way back, Wade Phillips going to Houston, turning around their defense 10, 12 years ago, whatever that was. But I don't know. It's just – they need a turnaround. They're poised for a turnaround. Do you expect a big, massive turnaround with Bill O'Brien, or is it not going to be as explosive a turnaround as some of us might think or hope to see?
2: I expect it to be competent. It wasn't competent last year. Yeah. It was it, look, it, it was a borderline laughing stock um, in the National Football League. You know, I, I tweeted out some of the quotes that I picked up from from the combine about, you know, one defensive coordinator is like, we didn't fear them at all. Like there was nothing that they could do that we didn't have answers for. And the flip side is that they didn't have answers for some of the stuff that we were doing and had shown. So they could have prepared and still didn't have answers for it. Uh, That changes with Bill um, because he has, he knows how to call games. He knows how to sequence plays. He knows how to set things up. He knows how to game plan. Do they need an upgrade in talent? Absolutely. We can, you know, we can, that's, you need better players, but I think better coaching allows them to be more competent offensively where I think for the, by and large, they were incompetent last season.
0: Okay, so Mike, we we talked a lot about the Patriots rebuilding. You're the football expert, but I want to remind people that you've been around Boston a long time and you're the most versatile man in Boston sports, Celtics, Bruins. So I'm going to ask you a question that I posed on Twitter last week. Obviously, we know Celtics and Bruins are expected to, be in the finals in their respective sports, if not win the title. If you could pick just one, which team would you prefer to win the title later this spring and summer?
2: I would say the Bruins, because I think we're in that period where it is the last roundup mm-hmm. with that group. And I think they've been awesome. And I think they've been, and I, I mean, in terms of like the, the Bergeron, Krejci, like that collection of dudes, there's never been any problems with those dudes. You know they are they, good guys. They're good community people. Like the whole thing, um, they've been close before. Uh, you know they won one. We feel like they should have won one more at least, and this would be a nice sort of bookend for that, and a great way to um, enhance the legacy of those guys, those players. And, and I give Don Don Sweeney and Cam who get a lot you know got a lot of crap at various points. Deserved. Uh, I give them a lot of credit because they put it all – yeah, and some of it was very much deserved, but they, they they realize what they've got and they've been super aggressive and, look, they, they're throwing around first-round picks, so a couple years from now you're going to be like, hey, geez, you know, like what's happening? Well, remember what they tried to do this year and whether it works or not. I mean, it's surely going to weigh on whether – how, how how well or how disappointed you are that they gave up those first-round picks. But to me, it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do for this group. And if it means a few years from now that you're a mediocre hockey team, so be it.
1: Mike Giardi of the NFL Network joining us here on Fitzy and Hart on the Harbor One Hotline. Mike, a pleasure as always. Good to talk to you. Take care. Enjoy your Sunday. Thanks, guys. Hi, Mike. Tell Joe I said hi. I will.